0: Hey, welcome back to God's Glory and Men's Real Stories. I'm your host, Robert Moore III. I'm excited that you could join us today for another great episode. And if you're new to this community, I want you to know that you matter here. And your story matters, no matter what chapter you're in today. So I want you to sit back with a community that cares about you in hopes that you can feel God's love as well as see God's glory in men's real stories. So... My special guest today is a brother I met at a men's retreat up in Boomer, North Carolina at the YMCA Camp Harrison, who worked alongside a great staff to facilitate and create an excellent atmosphere for us to worship and to fellowship, whether we were eating together or skeet shooting. He was encouraged by our desire to walk the path that God set out for us and joined us on his own path. And today I'm excited to talk with him about that journey. So I want to welcome my brother, Jason Baker.
1: Thanks, guys. Thanks, Robert.
0: Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for joining me today.
1: I'm excited. We're looking yeah. forward to this for a while. So yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I think ever since we talked, and I, and you know, I want to say something about Jason here. When when I remember at the camp, you were like, "Man, what will it take to join you on a podcast episode?" I was like, "That's it. That's that's the ticket right <laughs> yeah. there. That's all it takes." Like yeah. you let me know you want to do it. Now, of course, I say that in that. It doesn't always work that easy. Yeah, I've, I've had people that have, ru- that have reached out to me saying, hey, look, I'd love to join you. And it's funny because I'm currently making kind of like a, um, a Google Doc to uh, create a space for men um, to actually reach out and say, hey, look, I'd like to join. And it, it will kind of be like almost like a, not, not like an application, but just mm-hmm. a way for men to say hey, look, I'd like to join you, and this is why I think that it would be a good fit for both of us. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, you punched your ticket in just right when you said, hey, man, <laughs> look, I'd, I'd love to join you. Thanks. Yeah. So so I'm going to start off by letting you introduce yourself yeah. to uh, to my audience.
1: Perfect. Yeah, my name is Jason Baker. Um, I'm from YMCA Camp Harrison, as uh, Robert said. That's not where I'm originally from. I'm from Jefferson, North Carolina, which is in the mountains of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. It's up in that little corner. Um, very proud of where I'm from I uh, love the mountain area um, I uh, part of my story is kind of how I ended up at Camp Harrison and uh, my experience with Christianity has been um, somewhat tumultuous but an adventure and uh, <laughs> right. and uh, I'm so thankful that Robert um, allowed me to, to kind of share a little bit about myself and um, kind of the walk and how important it is for for men to know what that is and um to jump on, yeah, so, yeah, no, thanks.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad you're here, man. I mean, because you know, it's one thing when I I, I may try to talk to men about the path, about the journey, yeah. about that walk with 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 God, and how you know sometimes it's it, it goes beyond the church. It goes yeah. beyond that Sunday that you give him and and the time that you may spend. You know, just kind of like a. Saying that hey look I'm doing all the, the 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 Christian things. I'm 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 showing up as the Christian guy. Yeah. But then when you know that time expires and we step away from church and everything, it's just like, well, you know, I mean I gotta I got a life to live now. I gotta get back to being the guy I am for work or the guy I am for my family or the guy I am for my friends. And yeah. And so we kinda like put that 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 walk to the side. We kinda like say, Okay, well, you know, I'll get back to it. I'll see you on Sunday again mm-hmm. and you know <laughs> everything will be great again and we'll say all the right things and all that. So um so yeah, yeah. I like to create that Space where men can feel like okay, so on this journey, on this walk, is it going to be like a, a perfect walk? Is it going to be like? Is it going to be a straight road? Is it going to be? How's it going to look? And 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 what's it going to look like? And is it? Am I going to feel? Um, as they say, emasculated to where I feel like, uh, you know, I, I, man, this do personality. Yeah, right? yeah, I I feel like. You know, as, as a guy one time described it, he was like church, Churchmen men sometimes or church boys sometimes feel very much like boring. Like, yeah. oh, man, it's that's, that's boring. Slack some like, oh, pull up. Man, yeah. Like, like, oh, man, this life is boring. Like, I don't want that. <laughs> you guys can have that. So I'm gonna let you like like yeah. let's I'm gonna let you kind of like dive in. You know how I tell people, man, this is so like just organic, and that you know the conversation. I I, I am half the time just as surprised as everybody else. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll let you just start off wherever you want to
1: start. Yeah, yeah. This
0: yeah. is, this is it's your show. Well,
1: man. so um, I'm someone that needs context a lot of times, and in, in <laughs> what I'm learning or what I'm trying to understand, I I I will do as much as I can to learn about it before I even keep diving in um and that's with anything like if it's movies books i want to know why is this movie being out there why is this book you know why do i need need to learn how to shoot shotguns at camp or you know just stuff (laughs) like that like i gotta know um and it's people the same way too um i'll embarrass myself just to get to know someone and why they do the things the way they do i got to know um but uh, for me, just for the podcast itself, I like sharing a little bit about my church history and my experience before I jumped on the walk, um, and then, um, yeah, we can go from there if, if you're okay with that. Yeah, no, yeah. let's do it. Awesome. So, um, I like I said, I grew up in Jefferson, North Carolina. Uh, my f- family history is is pretty crazy and chaotic. Um My grandmother raised me and three other brothers, um, and our younger cousin uh, was in and out of the house too. So a lot of times there's four to five boys and our grandmother. Um, And uh, we were raised in the mountains of North Carolina. And um, kind of the tricky thing about mountain folk is um, some people don't know that they're poor, and some people um, will, I guess – Idolize that they're poor, you know, at the same time. And so um, we grew up uh, in a really rural area, and so we weren't near Asheville. We're not near um, some of those bigger mountain towns. We're, we're near closer to Boone, and so um, some of the early experiences that I had in church uh, were what my parents, or my grandmother, I should say, uh, dropped me into, and so my grandmother— um, did not grow up, uh, a believer. Um, I, I would say that they probably went to church, but I don't think she knew what that meant. And her entire life has been pretty chaotic. Um, her husband at the time was in the Navy and, uh, they were in multiple different cities and across the world, um, doing that, that lifestyle. And, um, that brought up a lot of different family drama. Um, you know, they had kids together, but, uh, you know, my grandpa didn't believe that two of them were his. And so Mm. things like that kind of festered. And, um, there was a moment in my grandmother's and grandfather's relationship where it was, hey, you're going to church, you're doing this. And if we have anything else, if you don't agree to this kind of thing, you can go home with your parents and we'll just call it what it is. Mm. And so, um, I would say my grandfather felt like he had a responsibility to them i'm not necessarily gonna claim that he loved being a father or a husband um i just think he felt responsible and so um i think he managed the family more than fathered the family and so um my grandmother was given a choice and she chose the one that would allow me to be here today and so um, she got into church and um it was pretty much it was pretty much that um and so church was an every week thing she grew she went to a methodist church and that's the church i grew up going to Mm -hmm. um if you don't know what methodist churches are they broke away from the church of england church of england broke away from the catholic church back in henry the eighth stuff so um there's a little church history for you but (laughs) uh so i grew up in a very liturgical setting and so um you know the pews were in there and uh it was a very old church, so there was a lot of older people. Um, if there were youth in the group, um, it was grandkids of people that had been going there since their parents had been going there. Gotcha. And so right, right. Um, I would say that the the amount of Christians that were in that church were very limited. Did they <laughs> did they know who Jesus was, what he did in, in, in terms of a historical story? Yes. Was there discipleship? Was the Holy Spirit? convincing people to love other people um because that's what we were designed to do probably not and so um with that being said uh i grew up also in an area where a church was pretty much on every street corner uh, every mile was a different church because back in the day a, a family would create a church in a small community there was only one family up this holler or up this hill right. and so they would all go to the same church well, if there was some family drama, they'd say peace out. We're going to build another church mile down the, or across the street. <laughs> Call it a different name, but it's the same fundamental Baptist kind of philosophy and tradition. And so, um, I had a lot of friends growing up that were in that scene too. And so, my first experience with what I would say new age churches or or um, what the culture is right now in church uh, was in high school, and we would go to. These conferences, or we'd go to stuff um, where a bunch of youth would be a rally or something like that, and it'd be like Tim Tebow speaking, and then you know a bunch of cool bands that would have you know Christian songs or Toby Matt, you know Winterfest, right. Winter Jam, all that stuff. That was right. my first right. experience with, with like I would say American church culture. Um, I grew up in a different culture, and um, it was a little bit more fundamental, or it was. Um, the complete opposite. And so um, I, first off, value that experience. I learned a lot about who Jesus was, what my purpose is as a believer, even though I wasn't a believer. I knew, I understood a lot of the tenets of what the church was responsible for and what Christians are responsible for. And um, I was blessed, man. I did grow up with four to five brothers at a time with our grandmother raising us. We, we had nothing, but the amount of things that that produced um, was something that changed my perspective. And I had coaches and um, people in our church, men that would father me and extend their resources, extend their hand to share and show what it means to become a man in their eyes and um would lead me and i valued that a lot and i I still am thankful for those experiences it really did shape me it molded me into um into valuing things other than possession and um you know high society life or whatever it is It made me thankful and and i'm very um yeah I'm, i'm still very thankful for all those things i i made a list um like a couple months ago of all the people that I remember spending a lot of time discipling me or valuing me um, for whatever reason and developing me. And so um, I text them, you know, every once in a while just to let them know I'm still thinking about them and I I do value them a lot. But um, that's not because I want to you know, share something, I think that has a lot to do with what Jesus has already done in my heart and, right. you know, changed changed me. Um, and so I think the world kind of um, will oftentimes take that situation, my experience, and put you in a box of, well, if you had this kind of raising, that means you're probably in this mental state or you're probably in this physical state and you need this, this, and this to be okay.
0: they try to to self-di- self-diagnose you early just because of where you come from. Come on.
1: Yeah, yep. <laughs> and that's anywhere. Yeah, it's in the mountains of North Carolina. It's in the cities of Charlotte. Yeah, it's anywhere. Yeah, okay, and so um, it's uh, it's frustrating. It's frustrating, and it doesn't always come in the same package that our government or the people of the world would show us. Mm-hmm. It can come in the same like the product will be the same, but in a different box right. from people you go to church with, right? From people that you know live a block over that are in a better situation than you are. Yep. And so it's the same, but it's it's in a different package and uh, or packaging, I should say. And so it's frustrating, but it's um, it's something that I think our culture, and I when I say our culture, I mean people that have this experience mm-hmm. need to share more often and say, like, listen, man, we, we did grow up poor. Things were tough, but it shaped me. Right. I have an I have an amazing outlook on life um, because of it, and I say all those things um, to kind of shoot me into college. I went to East Tennessee State University. I was the first person in my family to um, kind of go to college after high school, um, and. I was going to be the first person to graduate from college that did not work out and i'll explain later um but uh it was an exciting period you know it was something that i'd never really stepped into and i think my season as a christian in high school and my experience in christianity growing up um was about to be put to the test kind of thing (laughs) i like that and so (laughs) um i think i think a lot of people from our community um, will go to church and do the church thing until they go to college. And then it's like, oh, are they going to make it or not? You know, Are they <laughs> going to be a Christian when they come back? All this stuff. A lot of times they don't come back, Christians. And uh, it's, it's, it's tough. But, um, and I'll tell you, my college experience was incredible, too. And it didn't work the way I wanted it to. And so I'll, I'll say God put me in the place that he wanted me to be in. There was a new season that God put me in, and I didn't want it or I didn't expect it, but I was in it. And so, um, after graduating high school, going to East Tennessee State, which was not my number one choice, that was not on my radar until April of that that year, right? Which is late for college decisions. If you didn't a... know, if you did not know, <laughs> it's late. I was,
0: I was right there with you.
1: Um, I had plans. God said, not for you, sir, not <laughs> right. for you, and um, at the time, I was really frustrated about it, and, and I took that with me to school, and, you know, I didn't necessarily want to be at ETSU at the beginning, and I didn't really try to make an effort to really enjoy it or really, um, really live in it, and so um, God did another thing. Uh, at college fairs, you put your name and information down, they'll contact you, and You do that a hundred times. You don't really know who you're talking to when they text you. Um, But this guy named AJ, uh, AJ Babel, he texted me out of the blue and said, Hey man, I noticed you put a card in our thing. I'd love to hang out and have lunch with you and just talk about Jesus. And I, you know, I'm not going to shy away from that conversation Yeah, Let's talk about Jesus. Um, I was a Christian of about three years at the time. I knew I was secure in my salvation once again, we talk about this at o- Outposts all the time. Uh, you may know the walk, but you may not be on the walk. <laughs> right, um, right. You may not be walking. Right. Um, I didn't even know there was a, a walk to be had. And Wait, so, man, there's more to this? Yeah. I, so And, and so I, I think about it this way, um, and this is the Bible Project kind of shaping my perspective a little bit on this. But, you know, the Bible Project has this, has this theme where heaven and earth are re- reunited um, and, and so after Adam and Eve happened, they kind of f- came apart. And so when Jesus happened, that was a moment of reuniting. Mm. And so when we become Christians, heaven, and earth is reunited in our hearts. Uh, and I so, like and I'll, I'm going to dive into this later because I think it's a good word. But, um, that moment when I became a Christian and I realized like this world is much different now that my eyes are open, and I could see the kingdom in my heart. I'm just sitting here watching it happen to me. And I'm not walking in it. I'm not walking on these streets that God has reunited. I'm not walking in this world that's already been redeemed on the cross. Mm-hmm. I'm just staring at it. And for three years, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know I, that that wasn't even in my mind at the time. You know, I, these are all thoughts that I've had you know, well after my conversion um, to Christianity. And so um, when I got to college, going back to that conversation uh, with AJ, um, I shared with him, you know, I I was a believer, you know, like, this is awesome. Uh, I'm a Christian. Thanks for talking to me. He invited me to his campus ministries hangout night or whatever. And uh, I met some other staff members and I knew I had to go to a church at some point. And so I started going to church with these guys. And um, about two to three months in, I'm regularly doing this with these men. These men are inviting me to their space, their life, were asking me questions no one had ever asked me before, being very intentional about the way we live, using words that I had never heard of before. And for the first time, I felt like I was walking. I was crawling, really, because... There were times where I didn't want to listen. Right, right. It was college. I got to do the college scene, too. (laughs) Right. So I was crawling. I'm going to call it that. Um, There were moments where I would happily jump in and serve and know what I'm doing and feel the presence. Like, God was flowing his love and his energy out to these people and and sharing, I think, what Jesus is is teaching. Um, But it wasn't what I was doing. It wasn't my heart that was doing it. It was... It was Jesus, right? And I, I'm, I firmly believe that. I, st- you know, can't take credit for, for all that stuff. Right. That's, that's his, right? And um, so as I'm I'm keeping on in this tradition, I really grew. Like I was I was walking, or I was crawling, and then I was toddler walking, and <laughs> you know, I started really making some strides. And then life will drag you back down. Mm. You know, I left college. I came back home. Uh, And life at college was steady, consistent, intentional. These men were meeting with me on a regular basis. And I spent my first summer at camp outside of college, and I remember I just was like, the world does not operate the same way when I'm out here. And it's funny, you know, you guys come to camp. You guys come to camp for this moment. Our campers come to this camp for this moment. Counselors are like, man, this is where I get my Jesus time for the first time in my life. I was going to this space and I wasn't feeling it. Like I felt like I was on a different level of consistency and it was very, I'm going to call it pharisaical. You know, mm. I was very much posing, Right. you know, I wanted to live a life that all these other counselors were doing. And, but I was like remembering my intentional discipleship there. And then I was like, you guys aren't doing it right. I'm just not going to do it, you know? And, and it just, I burned so many relationships doing that. I just didn't meet them where they're at. I didn't meet myself where I was at and tell myself to, like, calm down. Right, <laughs> Kind of right, right, I was very right. zealous, you know. Right. And my honeymoon phase was over. It was over <laughs> that point. Right. I was in this state of, like, man, this world sucks. Mm-hmm. And um, I really started making poor decisions, you know. Like, my college my college life wasn't the same, really. Um, you know it it, i didn't go to class the way i should i didn't intentionally do school the way i needed to um and there were times where i was putting on this pose for people and and you know going party somewhere else um when i turned 21 you know it it, i kind of let loose again and um i just kind of let the lord the lord and the world be at different phases in my i was being i was being a poser Right, and living one way, one, one absolutely. time. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and so in uh, 2017, so this is my sophomore year of college. This is right after I, um, yeah, I think I turned 21 that year. Um, there was a moment like I felt like I need to start taking this a little bit more seriously and taking my walk more seriously, um, but it was really faint, a faint moment. And so, um, what happened was at the time my girlfriend broke up, when I mean, all this stuff happened at one time, and I'm like, man, this sucks, I'm at my low as a all Christian, you know, this is worse than growing up and not having electricity or water or anything like that crap, I was pissed, and I was mad at God, I was mad at myself for not being the, the man I should be, and, you know, really not caring for myself, stuff like that, and, um, some of the first moments of growth again were saying that stuff, saying how I felt and saying how, you know, much crap I needed to work on or much, you know, whatever it was, how much I felt like needed to be redeemed at the moment. Um, Saying that stuff to other men really shaped the next years to now kind of moment for me. And um, I remember just, meeting with a guy that um, was discipling me at the time. And, um, you know, in my headspace that was designated for Tuesday mornings or, you know, Wednesday nights or whatever, it wasn't an all-the-time thing, became an all-the-time thing. And I'm back to this consistency again. And I'm not riding this high. I'm not living in this low. I'm finally at a place where I'm, like, looking at the world around me consistently, I'm meeting people where I'm at or where they're at. They're meeting me where I'm at. My disciples are constantly in my life texting me, calling me. We're meeting on a regular basis. We're talking about the things that if I isolated myself on would just dig deeper hole and who knows. Right. You know? Right. And I think that's that moment of that moment of vulnerability, that moment of, of actually taking the time to talk to a discipler, someone who values your faith values you and sharing those things and they give you hope and and give you grace and give you you know those footholds to really start walking again right if you don't take advantage of that your life could go into this deep chasm of whatever
0: Right. So now, so now, for for my, uh, people in my audience who don't know what yeah. a discipler is or what a disciple is or, or yes. understand that, can you break that down? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know there may be some people that are like, okay, well, wait a minute. how do I get one of those? What is that? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Fair enough.
1: Um, personally, this is some of it's personal. Some of it's right. I think um, biblically based. Um, some of it's some of it is personal. But um, first off, as a man or as a female. I would prefer you to seek out an older or a slightly older version of yourself. Mm, you know, okay. finding that person. And, and, when I'm, and when I say this, I would never ask a female to to lead me. Um, I don't know what females have to go through on a daily basis, mm-hmm. um, and a male shouldn't. Well, vice versa. Yeah, should I, I mean, should I, know what, what I shouldn't lead a female. A like they're going to be going through some things that is going to be hard for themselves you know and and i can't lead them in that i don't i don't know what they're going to experience on a on a really fiber level and right. um women do you know and and men know what men need to to know right which is so why what which is why uprising is so impactful at times uh, well not at times it's impactful um so <laughs> it's got time it's got his moments though where it's like oh this is yeah scary. yeah um and so for me personally, meeting a guy that's older than me um, in my my church, you know that I recognize that recognizes me, um, and that I've shared my life with. And when I mean share, I mean like verbally, and then mm-hmm. spent quality amount of time with. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that person is is not responsible for your actions, but is responsible for sharing the truth being there at a moment's notice kind of thing, you're ride or die guy. And, um, the reason I say older is because they've lived life longer than you. And if they're emotionally and physically more mature than you, it's something to strive after too, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so at time at at different times in my life, they've been really old guys, you know, younger family guys or in the, in between. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think there's something of value in a church where that's your population there it's really hard to live or strive or be discipled in a church where it's just young guys it's really hard
0: or just women
1: or just women or just old people or just family people um because so many people have so many amazing gifts to bring to this union Mm -hmm. um a little bit and i think the church body benefits from a diverse community and so um yeah and uh when i was in college i was going to this church called um redeemer community church um and they had this 11 o'clock service specifically for college students (laughs) and i remember going there the first couple months really my first couple experiences was was that moment because you know, everybody doesn't want to get up early in the morning Right. church. <laughs> oh, I got I'm it. I like, understood. <laughs> <just doing> <laughs> but <laughs> the families weren't going at 11. Mm. The families were going at 9. And I mean, not just families, but, like, that's where the people that lived in Johnson City, that was their community. Like, that's where they met. And so my mind was like, I want to be with those people. Because right. they, they want to see the city. They want to see the community. They want to see the city grow spiritually. And they are the people that are... In these businesses, or in the fiber of the city itself, and um, it's the most diverse population of the church. And so, um, the the college group was fun, and right. you know, I saw my buddy, and right, right. Uh, I was in fraternity, so I see my fraternity brothers, or I see my, um, you know, my my crew. I went to crew as a, in college. You know, those people, I'd wave, and it, it we do our church thing and leave and go eat afterwards. Right, but nine o'clock is where someone's holding me by the hand or coaching me on my walk you know Mm. those are where my disciples are okay and so um if you're at a church and i mean this is personal preference i don't think there's a lot i mean i I could probably point at some verses that i don't have on hand (laughs) on why it's important to go to a church that has a diverse population of age and nationality and whatever right um I'm telling you that that is where the opportunity for yourself to grow into the thing that you're meant to be in that season of your life. Um, that's where it's going to be. And, uh, don't go to church with your buddy because it's easy. Go to church because it's hard and it's, there's going to be people there that actually challenge you that actually love on you and, and, and speak truth in your life. Um, And that isn't church hurt, people. I just want to say that. Yeah. If someone speaks truth in your life, that's, right. not, that's not church, church. right
0: right that's i'm glad you said that because they're <laughs> hurt <laughs> i'm and glad you said that because you know I, I even say that i like how you said make sure you go somewhere and maybe not make it be like a thing of like oh my buddy goes so I'm gonna go because yeah. a lot of times we take the version of us that we've been around yeah. our buddies your buddy
1: may be church. on a different walk man. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah but but you have to also understand that that the walk that you want to take it may not align with the mm-hmm. walk that you've taken with your buddy he's
1: gonna be in a different season yeah well, he's gonna be in a different season than you and um there's nothing wrong with that there's absolutely nothing wrong you know the people that have discipled me are in completely different seasons than i'm currently in Mm. and um there's nothing wrong with having someone with you in the same season and 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 being discipled by someone is is really important and i think um you know just challenging people to go to a, be intentional about where they go to church and why they go to church right and who they're interacting with at the church and what's the you know the purposes of the church and um you know I could, I could say worry about the theology or worry about you know some of that stuff but I'm I would like to say I'm in a church right now the season of life that I'm in mm-hmm. where you know we don't meet the same way as the way i grew up like i i go to a very kind of charismatic church and i'm hearing terminology that i did not hear growing up we don't have a real structure to our service and um it's hard for me it's really hard for me if i had it my way it wouldn't it wouldn't be that way but i don't think that's this it doesn't i don't think that's the season and i'm allowed to per, make preferences in right and um and so I, 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 think it's, I think it's just important to, to be intentional about where you're going and feel like God is leading you with people that are leading you and discipling you in. And, you know, right now um, the person that disciples me um, is older than me, not significantly. He's, you know, seven years older than me. Um, and uh, he's he's David, man, and I'm Jonathan. I'm just following him. I'm right. Everything he does I want to do. even if it even if it's i mean it's significantly harder and you've met that guy. His name's cole he wears he's got the red mustache he Ah, works in the kitchen yeah 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 Um, yeah yeah. and so cole's robin hood i'm little john i am (laughs) i'm at his side he's my guy um and he's um he's taught me some things over the past three years that um have helped me walk harder and Will, will continue to help my walk down the road. And I'll <laughs> say this, my disciplers have changed. every season. Like like I said, every season of my life, mm-hmm. sometimes there's one or more than one discipler, and I think God will lead that person in your life and be very clear. And um, I'm not saying that's the case every time. Sometimes it's not clear until you guys talk and, and have that relationship built and stuff like that, but a lot of times it's been clear for me. And so... Um, I remember the first time I, I got with Cole, I knew who he was from previous seasons of my life, but I didn't know who he was and where, where is, you know, where his faith came from or how developed it was or anything like that. But once I found out, I, it was like, you're my disciple, man, you're, (laughs) you're discipling me just so you know.
0: So what was it? I, I, I'm just curious and you don't have to give me specifics, but like, was there a moment where. As you guys were talking and you were getting to know him, mm. there was something that resonated that was like, dude, you're well, like you're like five years ahead of me yeah. and you you're clearly walking in the same path that I was already yeah. walking, that I need to know what it what it was that changed right. and adjusted
1: you. Well, we we had similar church history. Like he grew up in a very liturgical setting too. He grew up in a Presbyterian church, which isn't very distant from a Methodist experience, but that wasn't what's that that's not what sold me um he lives his life very much like um john the baptist lives his life he's a ma- la- man of the land he's from the same areas i'm from um is not scared to jump in the lake at you know freezing temperatures and <laughs> he's a man's man kind of that's that's also not what sold me but those are the pieces of him that were like that's really cool you know to 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 know someone or want to follow someone that has those characteristics what sold me was one his aptitude on the gospel and how important it was to live that out at all in all moments of your life he was walking the walk like in and you know when a man is walking the walk, you know, right. you can tell the difference. You so can tell by the conversation. You Absolutely. can
0: tell by the way he moves. You can tell mm-hmm. by his fruit. You can, yeah, yeah.
1: And, and, and this is crazy. There's people in the world that walk with gait and, you know, their loins are girded and they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. But they're fighting a fight they'll inevitably lose. And so there's a lack of confidence even when they talk sometimes or there's a lack of of um, just strength in the mind there's a lack of physical strength even sometimes where you know you know they're about to crumble and it may it may be like they lose their job they'll just crumble mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there are men of god or, or women of god that are very developed in their faith and walk with a certain gait or have their loins girded hmm those men and women can't be touched, in my opinion. There is nothing on this world that can really shake them. Mm. And even if they, and this is this is what I love about Cole, is Cole doesn't worry about where his bed is, doesn't worry about where his car is, doesn't worry about where he's going to get his next meal. And I think that is just so faithful, you know, because he knows God will provide. Mm. And he has a car. He has a bed. He has multiple beds and different, right. you know, his parents' house. He's got a bed at camp, and um, he's got people around the country that would happily let him stay at their house. But it's because of who Cole is. Cole's got the Cole has that fire that that real desire to be discipled and and to disciple people because he knows that is what changes the world and changes the perspective of Christians to stop thinking about the mundane. The cup life, whatever it is, and start really thinking about this new redeemed world around them. And they're walking on a path where, Robert, it's not, you know, we're not sitting at, we're sitting at this physical table, but the reality of the world is a completely different paradox. Right. We're sitting at this, we're sitting, we're having a meal together. Spiritual food is happening right now. Right. And we're drinking actual water, but our souls are being quenched, you know. Right. We're we're talking about the truth. And um it's absolutely nothing that we could do. There's nothing you, Robert, me, Jason, Cole, any of us have ever done to live that life or be in this redeemed world. It's what Jesus did on the cross right. 2000 years ago and what he promised thousands of years before that. And so you know, if if you have that mindset, if you if you truly do live in that mindset, Ugh, nothing could shake you, man. And and it may the world might hit you so hard, but it's it's you'll have a faith like Job, you know. Mm-hmm. It still won't shake you.
0: I love that. I love that. And, and, uh, and that's so true. Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I I've I've met a lot of Christian men um who have been hit very hard in life, have lost wives, children, lost their job, their you know, their house or whatever, um, and the strongest men um respond with faith, you know, with faithfulness to Jesus. But you know after what? Those things.
0: I will say though, there are times where I feel like we're all tested. And I think that when we we do come against certain storms that we haven't seen mm. previously in our life it does it 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 creates a space where we we either go to our faith or we just fall Mm -hmm. we just we just crumble under under the pressure of everything and sometimes it could be little things that have been building up over time that we didn't really care too much for and we didn't really spend much time with but it's in those moments where we sit there and we realize wait a minute this was like the one pebble that just caused Mm -hmm. everything to fall apart and and as much as you know, there, there, there's some men that, that may have had the faith to get through it all, that may have had the faith to say, you know what, God's going to provide. God's going to see me through this. Mm-hmm. But there are times where I feel like we're tested to where it's like, God, I didn't expect this stuff. Yeah. Like, like, where, where are you at in this? And it, and it creates that angry space that you were talking about where you're just angry at God. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, God, what what happened? Like, why why would you send this like I have been faithful to you what is going on yeah. and and we don't maybe look at it from a standpoint of like what are you trying to show me in this storm mm. that's going to build up my faith to 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 take me into a season that you are preparing me for
1: yeah and i i, I never said it would be easy yeah, i never no. said those i never <laughs> said those guys no. were in that place because it was easy right um you know and and you're right the pebble can knock down the whole foundation Mm -hmm. Uh, i think that's i don't want to take away from the experiences other people have had i don't i don't want to shy away from and and i say this about cole because i know cole very well and you know cole hasn't really you know hit something that it's super crazy, um, and there are Christians that have experienced those things, and it's been really hard for them. Um, so I don't want to I don't want to sit here and say um, that life isn't going to be easy. Right? You know, it's going to be hard. Um, yeah, and it's going to be hard on different levels for different people. Um, it may be hard for me um, to be faithful to christ if you know i lose my job and i can't work at camp or whatever it may be um that'll that'll be hard for me but that might be easy for somebody else and what may be hard for them is like losing their cousin or losing their grandparents or whatever it is Um, so i can't i can't say the experience is is hard or not hard it is it's very much hard um i just uh you know when i say that all those men that i have that i know that walk with this certain gate or whatever um it's because they were faithful even when it was hard and they did the things that we you know that you encourage men to do um and that i think jesus encourages men to do um and talk about the the hard stuff and and have a circle where where there's encouragement there's grace and there is actual truth in their circle and um you know that they live life in a different way and and i think that's 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 the walk in itself you know i don't know what you think of when you think of this this wa- actual walk but i don't think of walking down the sidewalk where you see all the you know these buildings or you know i think of a a completely city a different city that I, that I haven't even thought about you know mm. it's it is a true um matrix moment like you're it's it's not the same right you're not these buildings become just digital things in your mind, or whatever. You're you start seeing things that you know. Y- you start seeing people differently. You start right. seeing physical things differently. Yeah. You know, when the church uh, in Italy that caught on fire, the oh yeah, the, the uh, Notre Dame church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I saw a lot of people really upset about it. You know, and it, it, buildings are beautiful. Churches are beautiful. Churches, whatever. Right. It was a beautiful building, but yeah. like. It was. It's just a building. Yeah, you know, the, right. It's not the, like
0: God lived there. Yeah, and he 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 was homeless now. Yeah, it it's was not, more of like you, you guys are the community. It's just that, a building, right? Yeah,
1: and and the the reason I am encouraged um to not think that to not think of that kind of stuff is that there are churches in China right now that meet in a basement that meet in a bathroom, mm. and their faith is much stronger yes. than the people that go to those churches. Yes. You know? And uh, they face death every day. Yeah. You know? Um, I, I And the people in South America that have, it doesn't matter the denomination, Catholic or Protestant, whatever it may be, have faced death several times and are one of our leading believing groups. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll listen to the voice of any person that lives in that kind of community that kind of like atmosphere um over a voice you know, that's here where yeah. where you know it's like it's oh yeah, it's really
0: hard to be a christian it's yeah. like yeah no
1: and, dude. and and i once again i want to say that it, the experience it could still be hard for our group you know we do have to you know share some grace there but it is putting our minds in perspective like at this moment, right now, Christians aren't being killed on the street or persecuted or here. persecuted here on a very regular basis. Mm. It, it sometimes feels that way when, when you're on social media or you're <laughs> listening to the news, but <laughs> right, we, no. we are in a place where we can still speak our right. minds and, and really meet at a church um, for now. I say that for now. Um, but uh, just putting your mind in perspective of the people that are are living the gospel out and seeing it being shared and seeing it really grow and into fruit in different areas of the world is, is so unique. And um, it's not unique. It's just it's it's got it's divine. Right. It's, it's ordained. Right. And uh, they're not arguing about denomination right now. They're right. definitely not arguing about what kind of carpets in their bathroom or what kind of carpets in their basement. Uh, they're not – arguing on some of the more trivial things that our churches right here in America are arguing about. Right. They're just thankful people are meeting there knowing Jesus on an intentional level and doing what they can to serve the people in those areas. Um, And uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's cool. I think it's, I think it's what, I think it's what our hearts are meant for. And, um, you know, the walk, like I said, um, they're living it, you know, and and this is the thing, like I said, this transcendent kingdom that is sitting on earth right now uh, may not be visually, you can't probably see it, but it's, it's in our hearts, you know, they have the sweet buildings in in that, in that transcendent kingdom, those churches in China, those churches in Africa, or those churches in, in Eastern Europe, or, you know, South America, where they're meeting in a bathroom, but they're space is holy right their space is holy right right and uh you know when you think of the tabernacle and the old testament and the the uh the the temple that david built like those spaces right that's a that's in asia right now right. those are in africa right now and they're here they are here but you got to find them you got to look yeah and um you know i don't i'm not i know you go to Elevation and. Um, a lot of our guys go to elevation, um, and I I really don't have anything seriously to say about elevation, but it, it, it's it's one of those things that I look at I look at that church group. There's thousands of people going there. There's thousands of people um, experiencing you know a gospel setting, and yet it's like where where are they? Like when tragedy happens in a city, or when you know. And I'm thinking of it transcendently, not necessarily specifically the right church you go to but right. it's really hard to see it and i see it in my own community the churches that are in my community that are big and bold and wear the t-shirts and where are they when our homeless guy you know we only have one or two homeless guys that are on the street in wilkesboro but where are they like right now you know are they inviting this person in is there a sense of it doesn't matter what they're going through they're going to trust that the best thing will happen, kind of like that 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 movie clip in in uh, um, Mission Uprising when that when that priest took that the oh, robber yeah, in. Yeah. Why are our hearts not folk? Like, why can't we do that? You know, here, why can't we do that in America? Like, br-
0: like, like bring them in. Yeah. And say, well, I, I, why do I, we I...
1: put gates on parking lots? You know, why do we? Mm. You know, uh, and I know there's a different. I know. I know. There's so many more things to that. I know it's not as cut and dry or black and white as that. It's it's yeah. definitely not. But it, it's it is really hard um, to see that when there's a position or there's a church in communities where people are dying on a regular basis. You know, their doors are open and they're willing to accept death to believe in Jesus. Right. And I guess like, are we willing to have issues um, or? have trouble managing our communities even if it means like there's hard conversations or you know is our church constantly meeting at the street corner to be with these people that are constantly at the street corner meeting in areas where there is a lot of drug activity and and just praying there being there to to be with people that are you know stuck in messed up world
0: or whatever well the thing is i think a lot of times and i and i realize this through a through another church organization that a lot of times that stuff is happening. It's just it's not. It's like imagine how real it is when when you see it on 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 a, on a video every time yeah. they're doing it, or you see them showing up and they're bringing news cameras. Like how how real is it then? Mm-hmm. And and the, and the thing is, is a lot of times we want to clean up the streets and like give them somewhere yeah. to, to stay. But but that's where most of the homeless shelters were built out of. Yeah. They 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 were created out of out of church ministries. Yeah. And, and even though that's that's probably outgrown the church ministry sometimes. It's it's like we want to clean up everything, but I think that it it's going to take more than just the church doing that, which is why like if you leave it up to a church just to do it, mm-hmm. think about it. We are the ones who are going there, whether it be through our tithing and offering or whether it be through our time. A lot of times we're supposed to show up and be the hands and feet of Christ and that we show up and say how can I help? What can I do? Yeah. And, and and a lot of times we say, Well, why can't the church do that? And 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 we're asking the wrong people because it's almost like we should look in a mirror and say, Why can't you do that? Yeah,
1: yeah. And and I don't I don't say this from a, a pedestal of I do this every oh, week yeah. or anything. Right. Um but uh it it is like um, you know, it's it's really just kind of hard to say that or to feel that. hmm When like the smoke machine that just got purchased is like, you know, $10,000 or whatever. I don't know how much smoke machines are, but, (laughs) you know, the smoke machine in my church is huge. And I'm like, is that really necessary? Like, can we, you know, use that resource somewhere else? I don't know. Mm. Um, Can we use it to beef up our pantry or, you know, to, to give, to pay someone to do those, you know, those hard conversations? I don't know. Um. I know that's really trivial and and more complex than I guess when I'm explaining it to. But that that's some of the things I've struggled with and um, or I have I, I have trouble understanding with with really big churches and.
0: Do you feel like that changes your relationship? With God, though, your 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 and 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 I, I I get that a lot of times we look at it from a standpoint of it may change the relationship we have with certain churches, but do you feel like that changes the way you approach God and what God has yeah. or is trying to do through you?
1: Um, yes and no. I'll, I'm gonna speak out both sides of my mouth right now, <laughs> but right. Uh, it it does because um it's like, okay, God, are you gonna fix this? Are you gonna redeem it, or you know, or not? And you're like. When's that timetable going to happen? I'm I'm speeding. I'm trying to speed up God's timing, or I'm trying to figure out what God's timing is. Stuff like that. I'm worrying about things that I have absolutely no control over whatsoever. Right. Um, and then no, because uh, because I mean, I obviously wouldn't be going to this church if I didn't feel like God was like, here, this is where you're going to be right now. Mm-hmm. You know it, and it, it's like there'll be moments where I'm like, I don't want to go church, or I don't want to go to this small group because all I'm going to be doing is getting frustrated about how the terminology or what we're, you know, what we're actually saying is more important than this or, you know, s- some other stuff like that and how we're actually loving each other outside of these meetings. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. No, you're good. I just knocked the mic. Can't <laughs> right. Or, you know, meeting outside of these meetings, like, are, are they approaching people the way they keep talking to me, you know, outside of this small group space or outside of this church meeting? Because, right. I mean, it's it's just a so, it's just really hard. But but you know
0: what? It's funny. I I tell people, and, and and this is this is this is whether you're in the church or out of the church. There are so many factors of life that we can't control, and a lot of times we look to certain organizations, different churches, different people to do something because they have the resources mm-hmm. and we're the ones with the huge agitation to it. Yeah. And so we're looking to them like hey look, help them. Like like why aren't you helping them? So people get agitated because what ends up happening is that they're they're looking for somebody else to fix the problem that bothers us the most. Mm-hmm. And 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 I've I've actually realized that sometimes God gives us this 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 agitation. I call it a unique agitation, as Darius Daniel said, to be bothered by certain things that He actually wants us to address. But we say to ourselves, "Yeah, but I don't have the resources. I don't have what it takes to do that." They do. Like, why why should I address it? Mm-hmm. Why should I deal with that? Why should I be called into that area? Like, that's I, I don't have what it takes to do it. But it's, it, a lot of times we tell ourselves that not realizing that he's given us everything we need. And then it's in stepping out in faith that he continues to provide for us exactly what 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 else we need, whether it be the resources, whether it be the finances, to actually help people in an area that it bothers me. like like, And it's almost like a timetable of you waiting for somebody else to make that decision, but you're like, he's like, no, the timetable is on you. Like right now, this is something that is bothering you to the point where it's like, wow so what's what what's what are you waiting on yeah. like i've given you everything you need to do this well I've, I've given it to you and this
1: this is also another struggle i have too is is um it does make sense that god will provide even when it feels like you're getting ready to go jump into this thing or you feel like you, you know this is your purpose or whatever but what if he doesn't you know like what if what if it's not not if, if you're not ready for that you know like i thought for a while, like I was getting, I was going to school to be a, a for, football coach or a soccer, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I felt like, oh, man, I, I'm going here for a reason. I'm, I'm starting to do these things. I'm I'm starting to get in this circle. And now I'm, I'm in this circle. And it's like, no, you're not. Boom. You're right, somewhere else. Right,
0: right. Almost like a redirection.
1: Yeah. And so I think sometimes when that happens is the conversations of like, well, what's my purpose then? Mm. Why do I want to be here? Why do I follow Jesus? Um, if I'm just not going to get the blessing that it feels like I'm about to get. Right. You know what I mean?
0: Hey, thank you for joining me for part one of a two part episode with Jason Baker. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation so far. I'm looking forward to the second part of our conversation coming soon. Be blessed.